Good afternoon. This is Penny Manson. I'm coming to you from Authors on the Air. We are at BotcherCon, day three in beautiful San Diego, California. The overcast clouds have burned off and the sun is shining and this is a great place to be. We are talking today with Jonathan J. Brown. He is an author from Hawthorne, California. And for those of you who don't know, that's near L.A., And we're going to talk about his award-winning book, a thriller called Drums, Guns, and Money. So welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. Penny, thank you for having me. This is outstanding. Good. Okay, so right from the get-go, not your first BotcherCon? Nope. I think it's my fifth. And you're having a good time? I'm having a blast. That's what ought to be a lot. Oh, that's what we want to hear, that people are having fun. Tell us, uh, how did you start writing? I came up pursuing the rock and roll dream as a drummer. And I had great times and made a decent living at times. But I met so many characters in music and I stored them somewhere up in my brain and said, I got to tell these stories. There's this place, this playground is so rich with characters. So I was just write vignettes or journals. And as, as many years went on, I said, I think I have enough for a book here. So the plan, like a lot of writers is let's write one book and we'll give a copy to our mom and then move on. (laughs) But once that was done and it wasn't as hard as I thought, thought, okay, I'm hooked. I love this. So the first book, Obviously, the first book was not Drums, Guns, and Money. No. Tell me about that first book. The first book was actually called Crescendo, and it was, I, sell, I self-published that one and the one after that, 2013 and 2015. Then I really did, I went basically back to school and got a really good editor <laughs> and learned, really dug deep into mystery and the rules of mystery and that sort of thing. So... Then I came up with the big crescendo. So that's officially, unofficially the first book. And then Don't Shoot the Drummer. And this Drums, Guns, and Money is number three. So this is a a trilogy. It's going to be ongoing. Okay. It's a series. It's a series. Yes. So tell us about this character in this series. He is a rock and roll drummer that becomes an unlicensed private investigator. So he tends to keep a foot in music and the other foot in fighting crime. And he tries to keep both, as long as he can, he tries to keep both gigs going. And as the books go on, he's being pulled further into the PI world because he can't really do that part-time. <laughs> and as luck would have it, when he's minding his own business in the music business, there's often like a body or a murder or a crime. And he's, you know what? I think I could solve that. <laughs> yes. In this, in drums, guns, and money, it's mostly full on PI at that point. There's a little less of the music stuff and more of him. It's not really a spoiler because in the opening scene, he finds a body and it's a musician as a friend of his. So right off the bat, he's like, I got to find the killer or killers. Then 
in walks a police officer and Lou Crasher, like my protagonist, is standing over the body. So now he's a person of interest right now. So he's really got to solve the crime, clear his name. Absolutely. Yeah. So that sort of sets up the ticking clock right in the first chapter. Lou Crasher. Yes. Where'd the name come from? On a drum set, we have symbols and one of the loudest one is the crash symbol. So Crasher. It's silly. I know. (laughs) But I like the name. I like. It's a nod, and people who are drummers will get it yeah. right away, and right. people who are not drummers will learn something. Yes, and also as an amateur or an unlicensed PI, in the beginning when he's trying to figure things out, he asks, sometimes he's not so subtle, so he often will just crash into the thing and let him realize maybe that was a bit hasty, and he's got to clean up the mess. So there's the crash, sure, the symbol crash. And this story is set where? Los Angeles. L.A. So, so, so long. Yes. Self-published or traditionally published? Uh, this is uh, traditional with Down and Out Books. Shout out to those guys out of Florida. Absolutely. Down and Out Books. Okay. And just to pop in, I have a deal with Level Best Books as well. And I have a book over there that came out in 22 called Chloe. It's a female protagonist. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, Chloe. Oh, so I've always written strong characters. My mother was very strong, and my wife is tougher than I am. And I've always been, I I like strong female characters. I don't like those old movies when the woman would run through the forest and trip over the twig and and scream, the damsel in distress. No, no. I want, I've always wanted to have a female lead, but I needed practice because I did not want to get it wrong and insult you ladies. So... Because we will let you know if you, you do. let me know exactly. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'd published, I'd also done two books of historical fiction. So I was coming up on my fifth or sixth book, and I thought, I think I'm ready to do this. And how I do it now is after my first draft always goes to my wife. And then I put it out to mentors and people like that before it goes to the publisher. So she said, Yep, you done good, kid. You got it. You got it. <laughs> so yeah, Chloe is it's a, a small town, fictitious Northern California town, like a Carmelish type of town. Mm-hmm. It has the vibe of Longmire, that mm-hmm. kind of town. Mm-hmm. And she, her father, died by suicide, and he was a vet. And her mother that her mother spun out of control at that point, turned to the bottle. So Chloe's a senior in high school and she looks after her mother, but she's 4.0. She's very smart and she wants to travel and see the world. So she's torn between looking after mom and getting out of Dodge after high school. She's got a good friendship with the sheriff who's like a long wire and some bad actors with bad intentions come for the sheriff and she's a bit of a meddler. And so she gets into that. So that's the crime story. As she tries to help out and she's very intelligent, but a lot of young kids, they think, oh, I've got this, but she discovers pretty quickly. This is this grown up world of bad people that have guns and whatnot. It's pretty dangerous. And she's got a penchant and a skill with knives. Uh, I <laughs> Knife thrower, knife collector, knife sharpener, knife. All of that stuff, but she really got it for protection because her mother would go to the bars and bring right. some unsavory 
blue collar workers because it's a town where there's uh, construction and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they will often see mom and then they see the younger version, Chloe, and they like make a play for her. So she teaches herself all about knives, goes on YouTube, and uh, she's deadly with a knife. You can learn just about anything on YouTube, I hear. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> How to use the knife. Don't mean for Julianning. Yeah, <laughs> great. She sounds fascinating, too. Yes, yeah. So you, your world is populated by these incredible characters. Do you share some attributes with your characters, or are they pretty much their own people? What I share is I am a drummer. Lou and I have that, because I started out, hey, write what you know. That was my thinking. And with Chloe and Lou, what they share is they put themselves in harm's way because of their strong sense of right, of right and wrong. And that was, I come by that naturally, and that's how we were taught, is to stand up for the underdog. Mm-hmm. And so I write about the things I write. I put Lou in situations that, like he does a lot more than I would do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, have a, I, I was a bouncer for a while. I have a martial art background. I like all that mixing it up stuff. So you bring all of that to your writing, to your stories in this. Wow. Pandemic writing Mm -hmm. for you, what was it like? That's interesting. So we have a a group of crime writers. We we started a little group, a Zoom group, at the beginning of the pandemic. And in the beginning, hardly anyone was writing because people were so upset. I was writing like a fiend. And I didn't even mention it because I didn't want to say, hey, I'm doing fine. I was just pumping out the words daily because my mother passed away, but I heard her voice say, okay, son, you have some time. What are you going to do with it? And I don't sit around and do nothing. I sat down and wrote. So the, we had the two years of the pandemic. Then in 2022, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I got multiple myeloma, which is in the leukemia family. So my pandemic went an extra year. And, but my chemo and everything that it went surprisingly well, I did not have any side effects. So I could still, I was still compass mentis as well. So I thought, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if I'm going to be at those pearly gates. So I'm going to put out content while I can. So I was finishing off Chloe and writing Drums, Guns, and Money. And I'm really proud of Drums, Guns, and Money because most of it was written by hand while I was undergoing my chemo treatments. How's your health now? I am in remission and I'm kicking ass. Oh, can I say that? Yes, you can. (laughs) You can. Yes. So much love and support and from family and friends. And my wife is a rock and she really, I'm a very positive guy. And I'm a trainer as well, so I, I did not miss a single workout through that either. You're kidding. Even if there were 15 minutes and it was some pathetic-looking yoga. <laughs> but it, you did it. I say, I, and I, even as a kid, I believe, if you can move, then move. Because the day will come when you can't. The day will come when you can't. <laughs> and if you stop, if you stop getting started again. Yes. is even harder. That is amazing. And I'm so happy to hear that your health is doing well, and you're doing well, and that you're riding. And I am just in awe because many people 
had trouble writing during the pandemic. Yeah. And it, it, it was a mindset that was hard to get over. But yeah. Mom was talking to you yeah. and you were listening to her. Yeah. I couldn't think of any excuse. I'm not going to not write just because I'm not in the mood for it. It's the same as I don't feel like going to the gym, then you don't go to the gym. But I had, I thought, oh, this would be a good time to, I'd started Chloe, but this would be a good time to come up with that third book for Lou, because I had the idea, so, oof. I have a friend who's in theater who is a writer, and I think one of the, I think she's on her fourth or fifth book now, and she, I think one of the things that has been so helpful for her is, as a performer, you are used to the, re rejection is just part of it. Yes. Um another day another rejection it's just all and you don't you can't get the next job yeah. unless you go out for the next job yes and you have a 50 percent chance of being told yes mm -hmm. so your mouth will get out the door and go yeah and so many people they get that first rejection they're like no wait, wait. no but and for you mm -hmm. it's the workout ethic which is the same thing if you, yeah. if you don't move it or lose it mm -hmm. if you don't work out you won't be able to work out and yeah. there's no excuse not to yeah the same people who say, it's a job. I I was a journalist for many years, and my boss did not want to hear that I had writer's block. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And I think for people coming from those backgrounds, yes. that you almost have a leg up over those people who are just starting yeah. with page one. And, yeah. and they haven't been told no. Yeah. And personally, I think mm -hmm. that kids don't get told no enough now. Yes. If you... We, That's a whole other interview, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you can't take not getting into mm -hmm. the play in the elementary school, yeah. if you're going to break down for all the pieces and run to your parents, who then run to the principal, oh. who have them do extra, who give the participation medals, yeah. yeah. please, no. Winning has to mean something. And shout out to teachers because they don't really sound yes. that far when oh. these parents come in there and say, how dare you do this to my little. Imagine 26 parents. Yeah. Yes. That believe that their child is a chosen one. It is <laughs> we are losing teachers yes. in such numbers yes. now that I'm really worried about the young people. Yes. Because if we don't have, what is that saying? You may not know who the president is. You may not know who the head of blah, blah, blah company is. Mm -hmm. But every person can name a teacher who made a difference in their life. Right. We need our teachers. I'm with you. Shout out 100%. to the teachers. 100%. But if, so if you didn't grow up Dealing with the little disappointments. Yeah. When you get in the real world mm -hmm. and people are lining up to tell you what you are not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's having dealt with those little disappointments is what gives you the strength to keep on moving. Yes. And the music business is really tough. So when I got to writing and the awards weren't, I wasn't getting awards or anything. First of all, I wasn't there for that. I wanted to write the best book I can write. But I got the rejection letters from agents and stuff like that. The same thing would happen when I'd go audition for bands. And the thing is, it doesn't mean you stop playing music. You're, you don't stop being a writer. Nope. You just you keep working at your craft, and you have to be patient. But that's another thing that we as Americans don't have is we want to be a winner. We want to be number one right away, right? But no, this is a craft. This is art. You need to work at this SHIT. You know what I mean? You got to build it up. Yeah. And you can't be the best you can be. And enjoy it. As you get a little bit, enjoy it. Stop just thinking of the prize. Think the 
finishing the book. It's the journey. And writing it, exactly. And writing the second one, the third one. Yeah. That's the deal. Okay, so you said something. I, I'm running out of time, but I, okay. I have to ask before sure. I let you go. Okay, so you said every word of gun, drums, guns, and money was handwritten. Most, yeah, I'd say 85%. And I'm hearing more and more authors who are saying, get off the computer, write it out. What is the advantage for you? Of I've always done both. I've always done both. And first of all, I don't type fast. And now my handwriting at 57 years old is messy. <laughs> but I've always had books all over the place. I drive my wife crazy because I got a little, oh, I got an idea. And I use my phone notes and all that stuff. So always writing, even when you're going for a walk, you're writing. But what if I write by hand, and then I take that to the computer. That's almost a second draft. Gotcha. So I can dig that. But then sometimes I just go straight to that laptop and just fly at it. But I enjoy both. But it, they do feel different. I don't know what that is. Maybe because I do type faster than I write. So it, the slowdown, there's more thought maybe when I write by hand. I don't know. But my treatments were either four hours or six hours. And... I'd sit under that bag. I called it the chemo feed bag. So I'd sit under the feed bag <laughs> like cattle and I would just write. And I just, I'd, they give you a TV. I never turn on that TV in the five months of chemo. I just wrote, baby. Wrote, yeah. wrote. Wow. Chemo as a writing opportunity. <laughs> hey, That's a whole different thought. Uh, there. If that cup's going to be half full, I got to find a way to get half that cup full. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's probably why you're doing so well mm -hmm. and why you're going to be around to write many more. We are thankful that you stopped by to visit us today. We're going to wrap it up for this interview with Jonathan J. Brown. This is Penny Manson from Authors on the Air, the global radio network, okay. coming to you from Bajacom Day 3. Thank you, Jonathan, Ooh, for spending time with us. Okay. Thank you.